We are live. Welcome to to Stream of Conscious Wes. Let's get into it. Welcome to Stream of Conscious Wes. Welcome to the stream. What's going on, guys? I want to show you guys the mascot for the episode today. It's my little sprite that I made out of clay and little crystal pieces. His name is Gore, G-O-A-R. And if you're not watching on video, you can find the video version of this podcast on YouTube at Conscious West, or you can find it over on Spotify at Stream of Conscious West. But today is an exciting day. I'm out here in Portland, Oregon. It's just in the past day or two gotten real hot, real sunny. And it's like a complete flip of the entire uh, climate. And today I'm going to the coast with two of my dear friends. And I want to talk a little bit about how I've been navigating the, I don't know, richness of life. Or it's like, there are demands on us, you know, whether or not we like to perceive it that way doesn't matter because it's just true. Like we as people are by being alive in a position that makes us have to respond to the demands that are asked of us by others. And, you know, certainly not all of those demands are completely necessary, right? But they can, they drive our behavior. You know, the reason I bring this up is because right now in this phase of my life, making enough money is such a huge driver of my behavior. Now, the reason it feels that way to me is because I'm, I'm currently a gig worker. You know, there's a part of me that has, you know, I'm not proud that that's where my income comes from right now, but it does. And part of why it weighs on me is because there is a level of decision-making that I have to do that is unlike the decisions I had to make at any of my old previous jobs um, because I had a boss and I was scheduled and I could wake up and be like, I know exactly when and where I'm going to be to be earning my hourly wage or whatever. And that's not the way it is with driving around town, delivering food, working for tips. And each minute 
having the ability to say, do I want to keep doing this right now? Do I just want to go home? Especially when it's slow, you know, when 20 minutes go by, when I don't make any money, I'm like, is it real? Am I really out here sitting alone in my car? Sitting in my car has been uh, something that I can acknowledge is taking a toll on my body. For those of you that may not know, uh, September of 2020, I embarked on a cross-country road trip where I was doing gig work across the country in whatever city I was in. And I was sleeping in my car a lot because I didn't have the money to, or I didn't want to make the money, right, to buy a hotel and stuff. And I'm almost 30. I mean, again, I don't really know what my point is, but the bodily toll and the decision fatigue lead me to be feeling like there's a kind of, um, like, like it's a rat on a wheel, right? Mouse on a wheel where it's just like, I'm running in, in the way that it feels a lot of days. And I'm always in the same spot, you know, working, putting my body on the line, bro. And coming home being like, none of that was for me, you know, but here's the thing, right? What is valuable? right? Money isn't actually valuable. It's, it's a marker, right? <laughs> like I'm getting frustrated when I go, you know, work a 10 hour shift and all that money doesn't sit in my bank account and it doesn't become value that I can be like, let me buy this for me or whatever. But yes, it does, right? That shit goes towards my rent, right? I've said this before in Alan Watts quote, which is like, if you, um, if you vet, like people are out here valuing, you know, the $100 in their bank account more than the $100 to fill up a cart with groceries. And you're like, no, the groceries actually is the valuable thing. And I think we start to look at valuable as how something has the most potential. So that's why money is valuable because money, you could say, is pure potential, right? It has every opportunity to bring something into your life or into the world. But that's the thing, right? It's like my money doesn't bring things to life, right? It brings them from over there to over here. And part of what I think 
if I can recognize the power of the act of creation, it it's kind of it has the opportunity to be a guide for me to see what value is outside of money because you know i don't know so part of why i bring up money is that i think and again this is right we only know our own experience but because it is for me i think that a lot of us are struggling with money. Now, again, if that's not you, by all means, like you do you, you don't struggle. And again, and I know that there are a lot of people who absolutely are not feeling like they're struggling. And I realize that because that's my experience, and I've been recognizing that throughout my life, especially in my childhood home, and in the relationship dynamics that were at play there, I was very aware that money was an incredibly rare resource. And so when I now have a personal relationship with money where I don't have to share that with anyone, and in fact, I think that that we know that that's part of the social uh, agreements, right? The thing of like, we don't talk about our salaries at work. Don't talk about, you know, that type of like, keep money under the covers. And literally that shit stems from the employer not wanting the employees to know how each of them are being individually valued slash exploited, right? So my experience, scarcity, when I become an adult, maybe not in my mind, right? But on paper, I'm like, yo like i got a job i'm like yo bro i'm like well here's the thing right i'm, I'm like this i'm like bye mom and dad <laughs> i'm 18 bye right but what that really was was i'm like i have my excuse me i have my own ability to buy what i want and to not have to hide it. Up such a huge part of how I've gotten to be who I am is so much of my desires were things that I had to keep secret. And so secrecy kind of became or has become, right? I'm, I'm still working with this. Secrecy is pleasurable to me. 
And I'm like, Whew. I'm like, I don't know if that's healthy, right? And so we're talking about secrecy. Again, look, I'm talking about my life, right? I, I feel like I have to preface this because I'm about to rag on my dad, which is like, I'd say this shit to his face. So, hey dad, if you're watching this on Facebook, sorry, bro. But just, just, and again, it's like, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. And it's not even that bad. But I just witnessed my father hide money, buy things, keep them secret, buy things, only bring them in the house when everybody went to bed, right? Buy things, not tell his wife. Buy things, not want to acknowledge that we didn't have the money for it. So like all these different factors of just simply what I was witnessing is part of the stage that on which I stand and that through which I see the world. So truly one of my now biggest desires or, or the work I need to do is to look at the, the way I view wealth and how it has felt so scarce to me. Um, thank you. John Anthony says, being employed is not how you create abundance, in my opinion. Agreed. There are lots of ways to change your relationship with money. You're asking the right questions. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so that's where were we, right? Um, yeah, so, and Kelly, I don't know if you're still watching. I think you might. Um, this is something that I feel you may resonate with. Um, and that is, uh, fuck. Basically how scarcity becomes the lens through which I look, right? And I start to, I project that onto everyone else. I think, and here's the thing, right? John Anthony, you're bringing up something really cool, which is like, oh yeah, like, what was it? It's like, I hope I get hired by the right company and I hope I have a cool boss and I hope I get a good wage for the job I apply for, all that type of stuff. And Part of my desire, my journey is wanting to share and connect with people because that is so incredibly important, which is to like feed into another person to create a, a, thought experiment or a, or a energy where we're not bogged down or, or like covered up by the state that is, which is comfortable to us. So when, when we 
choose to get together in a purposeful, intentional way, it gives us the opportunity to unpack the things that we pack away because we know we have to carry it, but we don't want everyone else to see us carrying this. Like I don't want people to know that I'm struggling with money. I feel embarrassed, right? I feel like, like my struggle is so much more a story than an actual struggle where if other people see me struggle, then I might realize that it's not actually as bad as I thought. And then that might make me feel worse about myself for thinking worse about myself. You know what I mean? Bringing shadowy, shameful things into the light is healing, you know? And so I can't tell anyone or I, and I can't assume that anyone else has the same shadowy, shame-filled stuff as me, right? But I need to recognize that truly, and this is true, not everyone has the same wounds as me and has had the same experiences that lead to the way I perceive my reality to be right at this moment, right? So what can be powerful is to interrupt the habit of doing the same, the same, the same. And so for me, that has looked similar over the years. Let, let's say, let's just talk, I'm going to talk about the past 10 years. I'm 29, so since I was 18 or 19, right, 10 years, um, where I was interacting with the world around me and the people around me from an arm's length and I felt intimidated by people who were so close. I was talking about this with my friends last night and I never really thought about it before, but Basically, since elementary school until the past two years, I didn't have a best friend. And now I had a friend that was my best friend, but we weren't best friends. I never felt 
ever since fifth grade. After that, I like, I was splitting myself up. And I think in a way, I, starting in sixth grade, started spending all my, lots of my free time doing the musical extracurriculars. And so that took me away from a lot of the way of socializing that I had been doing as a kid. Now I'm hanging out at choir practice, at musical rehearsal, you know, that type of thing, show choir. So my friends up to that point in my life weren't interested in music. So all of a sudden I was like, bye. I'm a music guy now. So in sixth grade, I abandoned my childhood friends because now we are in different worlds. I, I was also in orchestra, right? So it's like so much music. But the reason I talk about this is because high school, similar. Most days, rehearsal. I was in cross country, cross country. The only really, the only time when it felt like the best friendsmanship was, was flourishing was basically like the first nine months when I started smoking weed, when me and my buddy Pat would get together every day if we could to get high. And that would mean spend time together, one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes we'd invite a friend, but then my friends, what that quickly turned into was me smoking by myself. Nine months, you know, it was kind of like a best friendsmanship of a nine months, we're developing our, you know, stoner-ness. And then I was like, oh, I can do this by myself. I'm going to do that. And so then all of a sudden, this thing, getting high with my buddy, that had been giving me a, a huge, huge hit of friendship and hanging out. All of a sudden, I start to be like, yeah, I, I want to get high where I'm like, I'm getting high before school, I'm getting high before I walk into school in the parking lot, I'm getting high at lunch, I'm getting high after school, I'm getting high before practice, like all this stuff where it no longer was about relating to each other, relationship, it was about how I wanted to feel and how very quickly I started to understand, oh, no one else wants to do this the way that I do. So I get to college, I find some buddies who want to do it as much as I do, you know? And even more so, now there was this big thing that I kind of wanted to avoid, that being what my major was going to be. Okay, what's my point? My point is about the scarcity, but also about how Things that are good, right? Things that we discover, that we learn, that we love, 
there can be a point there was for me where I started to be like, wow, I like this a lot. I started to be like, I'm going to spend all the money I have on this next half ounce or quarter ounce or whatever. So it was like, I started to be like, oh, I value my weed more than I value having money, right? Like what is money but future weed, right? That was literally part of how I was. And, and again, why do I like getting high so much? Did I? And I still do. It takes me away from feeling overwhelmed. John Anthony asked, was it about money or not feeling fulfilled in what you were doing? Mm. Interesting. I think they played in hand in hand. I started to be like, I don't know what to do if I'm not high. Right? And so even just now, like within the past year, is really uh, a big moment where I've, where I'm really inspecting what do I like? What do I crave? What am I addicted to? What do I... Uh, uh, and here's a big one is what works for me? Right? That was like a question I never really thought to ask before. What works for me? Because it's like, that's not a part of the questions I felt that I was being asked to do, to answer. What works for me? I don't know, dude. I'm just trying to get a C on this algebra test. So whatever the fuck I can memorize in the 10 minutes before class, I'm going to, you know? So now, right? We start talking about this because money is a subject for me where I have this limiting idea of what's possible for me and how it can be and is possible to make money in ways that align with me by doing things I love to do by helping others, right? But I don't think anyone will ever be willing to pay for something from me because I am not willing to pay for something from someone else. And so let's look at this. Take away the money. Let's just look at this way of coming to a conclusion and, and we can project that onto anything, which is, I think that because I wouldn't spend money on something, that other people won't either. And again, that is me assuming that everyone has the same issues, scarcity mindset that I do with money. So this idea has kept me from jumping or, or, or from offering something to someone else. 
it's like the idea that, you know, I'm scared. Am I scared? I was going to say I'm scared to start a Patreon because I have this idea that I don't do enough. Right, this idea that, well, if I want to start a Patreon, which I have a Patreon, by the way, at Conscious West, check it out. Although there's nothing on there. It's open, but I haven't posted anything because I don't feel like anyone wants to. You know what I mean? Fuck. Um, yeah. And so that's just a story. That's just a story. And it's not true. And it like, it has like a chokehold on me in a way. It has me looking over the edge of the cliff being like, oh, I could never jump. Right? You know what I mean? I'm right there. I'm literally at the edge of a cliff grinding hurting, fucking upset. I do have great thoughts. Thank you. And that's the thing. John Anthony Mula, you are a real one. Thank you for being here. You have to, John Anthony Mula said, you have to start somewhere. You have great thoughts one step at a time. And that's exactly it. I have to start somewhere. And in a, in a real way, I'm the one getting in the way. I'm blocking the opportunities that exist out here for me from reaching me because I don't think that they should or that they will, or that I'm good enough, or that anyone cares, or that I have anything of value, anything of value. And basically, you know, not that I have some big conclusion, right? But the answer is to just fucking show up, show up, show up. I'm conscious, Wes. I haven't been conscious for a long time. I'm learning. I'm, I'm rehabituating myself to listening to myself, to not running away from what lies inside me. And I have so many desires, ideas, and you know how they come to be? Here, fucking right here, dude. Wes's room, again, this is my podcast, but this is my room. This is where shit goes down for me, dude. I, I, I can't sit and come up with all of this in the same way if I'm just writing at a journal. Whew. 
and writing at a journal is good. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing where it's like, if I sell it, if I say to myself, Hey, I got a hell of ideas. You could be like, Oh, cool. What are they? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, let me start a live stream so that I can get my momentum going so that I can discover what my ideas are. I, ideas, it's, it's a discovery. It's a, what exists here? You know? Because I had, I could not have predicted that this is what we would be talking about today. But I don't have to predict what I'm going to do or what I'm going to say. I have to put myself in a position where I'm saying something. And that idea in and of itself is something that I... where I think that people judge that, you know? And I've, I've talked about this before, the idea of like, think before you speak. And I'm like, my speaking is my thinking, okay? And I think it's part of my ADHD where I really either don't have or just didn't develop an ability to focus and follow thoughts when I'm just silently thinking them inside of my head. This is, you know, this is the next layer of me talking to myself in my head. And I'm like, yo, my head is a little too jumbly, bro. Let me talk, record it, because y'all know that what I'm saying is there's really, it's interesting, right? But you know who's going to be really interested in listening to this? Me in the future, because I'm going to post it and I'm going to listen. And that's, and I'm going to hear different little things that I've talked about that I have just said. And they're going to hit my brain in a different moment in the future. I'm going to listen to to something that I've said and it will and I will hear it as if it's an epiphany from someone else because me right now am someone else to me out there so yeah fuck glenn roberts my dude this is the shit, man. This is why I go on Facebook because it's like, I haven't thought about you, Max. What's up, guys? <sighs> Isha USA Ashram. I'll look it up, dude. Hmm. But anyway, yeah. John Anthony Mula, stream of consciousness. You're tapping in. You're letting it unfold. That's all it is, guys. It's, it's a recognizing that like what we have here is something that we just need to let unfold and we don't need to grip it tightly. And part of the gripping tightly in my life has been when I'm afraid that other people are going to judge me. 
Other people are going to hear or see something of mine and make some conclusion that I that that's not true, and I'm afraid of that. You know what I mean? It's a really great point to hone in on, which is the discomfort I feel for going live on Facebook, because I perceive this to be a place where I haven't curated an energy. I'm also on TikTok Live. TikTok Live feels so much more safe to me, right? My my mom's new boyfriend is friends with me on Facebook, right? Like all these people, like old ladies that went to my church when I was in middle school are friends with me on Facebook. But that's the thing, right? It's like the homies, Glenn, Max, Kelly, what's up? Because like, am I trying to gatekeep my shit because I have some idea about who my content is for? Again, that's me being like, I shouldn't start a Patreon because nobody probably would ever pay for it or sign up for it. It's the same thing where it's like, I probably shouldn't go on Facebook because maybe someone who's going to judge me would pop in. We all are just, we're just on our phones. Not all the time, but like we all are, you know? This, this act of presence is so much more exciting of a way for me to be on a phone, is for me to be looking at my phone and the only thing that I see is me. It's a mirror. When I can use my phone as a mirror, I don't really know what that means. It's like, but but it is. It's and we're tapped in. We're tapped in, right? I'm tapped in when I'm looking at me. Again, it's it's like what I just said, where I'm like, if I just if I just try to think all this stuff, I've been like, I just can't, you know. I get lost. And again, I don't know if that's something that's common. I don't know if other people struggle to maintain a focus of just thinking. I shouldn't assume that that's the case for anyone else just because it is for me. But what I also do know is that I'm sure it is the case for someone else. And that's like, I don't know. It is. It just is. So this is an isness stream of conscious Wes. Much love to you, much love to your 
love. I hope you find great joy today. Um, I'm going to, I already have. And again, I, I feel like I'm wanting to say this at the end of every podcast, but I'm going to be here. Um, I'm going to be here more often. And I'm going to try to be here on Saturday mornings a lot. So keep that in the, the front of your head. Um, and we will connect next time. Thanks, Jonathan, uh, John Anthony Mula. Keep going, my friend, one step at a time. Thank you. Yeah. And this is just a step. This is a day. Happy Saturday. What's up, everybody on Facebook? I haven't posted on here in a while. Good to see you. Thanks for tuning in. And I will check you next time. I need to I need to come up with a, an ending song, but we're just going to go with this. I made this song uh, last June. It's not finished. It's, it's not really um, produced or anything, but I love it. So thanks for listening. Catch you guys next time.
Thank you, friends. <clears throat> Hope you could hear that. I'm not sure uh, how the audio level was, but catch you guys next time. Hoping next Saturday, if not sooner. Peace. Much love. Be your conscious best. I'll see you next time. Wow, 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 wow.